The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, you guys. Welcome to the Untamed and Unashamed podcast. This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so happy that you're here. It would mean so much to me if you hit the subscribe button. That is the only way that we'll get featured on New and Noteworthy is if we hit a certain amount of subscribers, and that is a huge goal of mine and will make all the difference in the show. So please hit subscribe, ask your friends to do the same. Thank you guys so much for being on this journey with me. Today, we are having on two of my very best friends, Kyle and Natasha Kingsbury. These two people have played such a huge role in my growth, and I know a ton of people can say the same. Tasha and I were both ring girls in our 20s, and multiple photographers that I shot with during that time told me that I had to meet her because they knew that we would hit it off great. Years later, we both ended up being pregnant at the same time, with our due dates only being a few weeks apart, and we connected over that. I was in a very difficult situation in my life and opened up to Tosh about it, and that is when she introduced me to plant medicine, forever changing my life and setting me on a path of growth and healing that also forever changed my kid's life, and the ripple effect continues. I remained close with her through our first few years of parenting, and then fate, or Aubrey Marcus, (laughs) brought them to Austin, and when that happened, my life completely changed again. In watching their relationship, I was able to step away from the one that I was in that I knew wasn't for the highest good, and then truly getting to know Kyle and developing a relationship with him also was extremely healing for me and made it possible for me to call in a healthy masculine as a partner. They were both reflectors for me. And watching them parent, I am continually feeling the call to level up. They raise the bar on how we should all be partnering and parenting or how we all could be. Not only this, but the way that they give to those around them without fear, I truly believe is why they attract such an amazing life. They are not millionaires, but they give as if they are. The community and the sense of family that they have given me and my kids has added so much joy, grounding, stability, and love to our lives. 
I've told them this many times, but if everybody had parents like these two people, the world would be a much more healed place. And I truly think war would end. One of the greatest blessings of my life has been how they have been second parents to my own kids and treated them as their own. My son continually asked me how he can grow up to be like Kyle. They are masters at holding space, play, owning their shadows, and loving well. Please help me welcome Kyle and Natasha Kingsbury to Untamed and Unashamed. Yay! Here we are. <laughs> Damn, son, we're going to end war. <laughs> That's a tall order. <laughs> Just have more kids. <laughs> So I wanted to start out with what it was about the other that drew you to each other and also go into how your love and safety in this relationship was what aided in your healings. Sorry, say that one more time. So what it was about the other that drew you to each other Mm. initially and then how the safety in this relationship was what aided in your healings. Yeah, I'll jump in. I think, I think you know, first and foremost, because we knew, I knew who she was before we had actually met. She was a ring girl in the UFC when I was fighting in the UFC. And even though I was in a relationship, obviously there, you know, something we've spoken about before is that everyone's still attracted to everyone. That doesn't turn off magically just because you enter into a partnership with somebody. Uh, most people won't admit that, you know, <laughs> but, but it's still the case at the very least, we still have attractions. And, um, I was super attracted to Tosh, like from the jump, she was the hottest ring girl ever in the UFC. Aww. And, uh, Aww, guys. <laughs> I mean, no doubt. And, um, I just didn't know her, you know, and I assumed that she was like most of the ring girls, not talking bad. I know obviously you got a ring girl background, so you both y'all break the mold, but, um, you know, whatever that, to be perfectly honest, it's not like I know a bunch of ring girls well. I know you two well, but um, there was a, whatever idea, a misconception or preconceived notion I had of, of women in that industry was shattered when I met her. We met on a tour for the troops and spent two and a half weeks together in Kuwait and Iraq. And I was so blown away by her personality and our ability to make each other laugh that I was, I, I mean, I was so excited about her as a person that right when I got home, I told my girlfriend of six and a half years, like, you got to meet this girl. She's so <laughs> awesome. She's the funniest person ever. You're going to have so much fun. Y'all are going to be best oh friends. Gosh. That's the worst and thing to hear. <laughs> She's the funniest person yeah, ever. Well, like in hindsight, I'm like, I obviously didn't say a word about her, uh, her looks, but just describing uh, someone of the opposite sex as having all the intangibles and then you look at her and you're like, Oh my God. I mean, they're, they're, I, <laughs> men don't often think, but when we're excited, you know, I, I certainly was, was excited, you know, like I, every interaction with her. And one of the beautiful things that I've talked about before is when you go through a tough experience and, and this is, it's, it's kind of funny to say this because the men and women that are overseas are actually going through a tough experience. They're going through, I mean, their life is on the line. Our lives were not on the line in Kuwait and Iraq. We were well taken care of uh, every base we went to, everyone we engaged with. Um, we were, there was never an air of not being safe. We were always safe. But tough in the, sen- in the civilian sense, you know, like you're, you're out of your comfort zone. You're in a third world country. Um, 
you've got to wake up earlier on somebody else's watch. You're eating a lot of the food. And that's another thing that's funny to complain about. You know, we complain about the food that we get on base because we're there for two weeks. The people that are there, some of them, you know, six month rotation turns into two years. So, you know, that, (laughs) that, that I want to acknowledge that first, but then at the same time say it wasn't necessarily easy. And when you have pressure applied on people, you get to see what's really inside. And it reminds me, you know, Wayne Dyer, uh, one of my favorite quotes from him was, uh, when you squeeze an orange, what do you get? Orange juice. When you squeeze you, what do you get? Right? Like when we get squeezed by life, we get oftentimes get to see what, what is hiding underneath the surface that's going to pop out. And, um, you know, you get to see each other's quirks and ticks and, and some of the things, the idiosyncrasies that, that you may only have purview with, you know, in a relationship two years in, you can see right out of the bat and right up, right from the jump. And, um, uh, we were there with Amber Nicole Miller and Mike Swick was a longtime training partner of mine at American kickboxing Academy. And it's funny. Cause like I knew Swick's ticks. I knew everything about him after going on those tours and Amber, I'd been on many tours with, I think one tour with her before that, but we had done a few more after. And Amber was like this awesome, you know, she was like a dude that was super hot. She was just super funny and didn't care if we used curse words or were, you know, men being men in the locker room around her. And uh, I was actually nervous because I was like, man, I hope Tosh isn't, you know, doesn't fuck up the energy of the group. And, and <laughs> you know, we have to be... uh you know, mindful about how we speak or can't make, you know, dick and fart jokes or just be hooligans around her. And that wasn't the case at all. We were, <laughs> I was myself. And and I have said it before where had I not been in a relationship, it probably wouldn't have worked out because I would have been so um, just just fucked up about how, how to communicate like, Oh God, she's so attracted. How do I talk to her? How do I do any of this stuff? But because I was in a relationship, it just came easy. I treated her like my little sister and, and I picked on her and we had fun and we watched silly movies, you know, old Mel Brooks films and, um, and totally hit it off. Yeah. And we had, you know, I just, it was able for me to take, to let my guard down and to not try allowed me to show up as me Mm -hmm. instead of a projected version of myself, which, likely would have been the case had I been single. I would have been, oh, I can't do this. I have to act this way because I want to win her over. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think of that as like one of the most beautiful ways life, consciousness, the universe brought us to each other because of the fact that it was served in a way that, that, that couldn't have worked out any other way. And it did work out that way, you know, and it was so beautiful to look back in hindsight and think like, Oh yeah, all these little things had to be perfect in their placement for us to really get to know each other, to build a friendship and to continue that friendship. And then, you know, it wasn't, I think maybe six months after that, Tasha hit me up. She was like, Hey, I'm doing the Nike's women's marathon out in the Bay area. Can I stay with you and your partner? And I was like, you know, um, yes. Uh, but I'm single now. So, and then, then, <laughs> then we started chatting more, but yeah, that's, that's my version of the story. And then almost a decade later, I'm guessing, um, you know, last time we were watching the fights upstairs and we saw a ring girl, Kyle, you weren't even in the room. And Kyle said, I married the hottest ring girl of all time. Aww. And so he's still saying it, which is so sweet. Aww, Kyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, mine Pretty much was the same. Like, he just was so funny. I remember, think like, I laughed 
that entire 18 days that we were there. <laughs> he was so ridiculous, but like not, he just didn't take himself serious. Um, I knew he had a girlfriend of six years and seeing um, him be completely respectful of her, even that far away. And, you know, like that was huge. So there was like a, an aspect of, cause you know, having worked in mm -hmm. uh, the MMA industry, you see a lot of married men walking around after fights with people who are not their wives. And so there was always this like, oh man, never, I'd never date an MMA fighter. Yeah. Um, and go, so getting to see that um, was awesome. And yeah, we, we just, we were like pals. He was farting on me. He was disgusting. <laughs> he was so gross, but it was funny. I was eating and his all the farts food. are funny. Like, I don't know. I don't know how a butthole can make a sound like that. It just still stands the test of time. Um, and then also when I came, when we came back, I remember telling all my friends, like, cause people, when we started dating, people were like, oh, I remember when you came back from that tour and you were just in love. And I'm like, I wasn't in love. I just liked him a lot. He was a good friend. We I was were, like, ooh, we tell friends. me more. Tell me more. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, once he became single. But the thing that drew me to him was the um, the playfulness, how playful he was, how lighthearted and mm -hmm. just fun. And everybody loved him. And um, obviously, I didn't know we would be in our 10th year or yeah, coming up. Yeah, 10th year. year um, I didn't see all of that happening, but there was definitely a draw, a pull to him. Um, and then, uh, you know, we learned a lot about each other in that first 18 days, but it really was the fast track of him and him and his partner, um, ending their relationship. And then maybe four months after that, we started a relationship. So that was not very much time for him to, be single <laughs> to me process all of that. Um, and so I definitely took a, a, a risk there. Um, there was plenty of red flags. My dad had all these red flags about you because mm -hmm. of your upbringing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some of these intangibles that you may or may not have been able to help. And at the same time, uh, that was his own shit that mm -hmm. he was projecting onto me and, yeah. and you. And, and of course, you know, Papa loves you to death now. And you're, you know, you're his daughter as well. Um, one of the reasons we fast-tracked it was because I think if I, if I look back honestly about, you know, I had to take inventory. Well, fast-track meaning we were talking for, we were like dating, considered ourselves dating for maybe two months or four months, about four months. And I moved out to California mm -hmm. and started living with him that soon into the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had, I, yeah. I had felt the fast track needed to happen because her, her living in Vegas, me living in California was a long distance relationship. And at that time, one of the things that led to my previous longest relationship ending was because I was living in Arizona and going back to California for fight camps. So if I fought three times in a year and I did eight weeks in a fight camp, that means I was in California alone for six months mm -hmm. with my friends and family training and doing plant medicine with my coach. And then I'd come back to kind of this old party style ASU lifestyle where now I'm in the UFC, drugs are free and they're not the good ones. Mm -hmm. And my partner was uh, very much down to play in that way, you know, and that, that was a fun time. But I grew out of that fairly rapidly because of mushrooms and, and you know, the Tim calls, traditional sweat lodges with my and coach Wheatsy. And, and I just wanted to, you know, I, I knew that we had to roll the dice. Like mm -hmm. we're, 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 let's, let's, 
let's push play on this. Let's live with each other. If it, we're going to know sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Right. But if we continue the long distance, it, it, we may grow. We, right. We're never going to know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like we have to take a chance on this and intuition and everything was, was screaming at me. All mm-hmm. things. Yes. And of course, as, as Tosh knows, like that first year was one of the hardest years ever because, uh, living with somebody is a real test, Yeah, you know, and we didn't know a ton about each other and we had to find that all that out on the fly. And in addition, we were living in my friend's garage for the first year and then my mom's garage for the next <laughs> five years. So, you know, like there's, there's That's some how unique, much I loved him. I love him. Unique I live pressures. in garage anywhere with you. Unique <laughs> pressures. It, yeah. Unique pressures were upon us, but, um, with and, that. And we, I came in very, I'm, I can get down, have a good time, but I'm not a big like drinker. Mm-hmm. I've never, I mean, at that point when we met, I'd never even smoked weed. I hadn't touched a single, <laughs> plant nothing and uh could drink but did not um did not enjoy like the belligerent drunk uh which I was thing which <laughs> was why the first year was so hard is because I was very um I cared about him and I didn't want him it was he has a lot of friends he's very popular and so there was always something going on um every weekend throughout the week and it was like I'm super healthy. I'm training really hard and I'm an athlete and then rage blackout drunk, you know, and, and because of what you, as most, a lot of people know, when you drink, once you're super drunk, it's hard to stop. A lot of people mm-hmm. will just keep going. And, and that was how most of the nights ended. Rager. I want to say like, these were ragers, not me as a drunk. Raging not, not a, he was never violent, never violent. And that, I think that's There's another reason no, why zero I stayed. abuse in the alcohol. Yeah, no, none. Other than the abuse towards myself. Yeah, a little rapey at night, but you know, we were in a relationship and I didn't mind. Yeah. Just wish you would have finished sometimes, not kept it going all night. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it was, uh, it was the a friend of his um, basically reaching out when he was in Peru, like, hey, you heard of this thing called ayahuasca? And Kyle had never, we'd never heard of it, but more surprising that Kyle hadn't. And uh, he was like, no, go hike, you know, do the hike. Don't hike Machu Picchu. Yeah, don't what waste is, your time I've never with even that. heard of this other shit. And then upon like looking into it more, he was like, whoa, this sounds actually, it's like the apex of teacher, you know, plant medicines and um, we had already done one uh, mushroom ceremony together, which was really powerful for me, really beautiful. Just a light 14-gram mushroom <laughs> experience. <laughs> and then, but it wasn't until really after that first ayahuasca ceremony that we started growing together versus just the traditional, we're in a relationship and, you know, I have my issues, you have your issues, and we work through our fights. And I mean, really, in the first year, I was still very much in the habit of, I'm mad at you and I'm silent for days. I can be silent for days. And if you fall asleep, I'm going to be like, how dare you fall asleep? Mm-hmm. I'm up here mad. You know, like it was very much the first year was just a lot of that. And um, and then uh, I, yes, please do ayahuasca. I'm not going to do it because it looks, you know, like vomiting and pooping doesn't sound awesome. Um, but when he came back, that was literally, I'll never forget that day because I feel like that was the start of our relationship, like our true relationship, um, of healing and growth. And, um, yeah, I think, cause you asked about the, yeah, how, how y'all's specific love and safety in the relationship has allowed that growth and that healing to take place for each of you. 
Yeah, I think I, I, the, the safety of it is just knowing that we've been able to grow with each other. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that I've done or that I did, you know, in the, in the wake of that, that failing relationship was looking back and really trying to determine, like, what were the key missing ingredients? You know, because I had been working with, with Wheatsy, my boxing coach, with psilocybin journeys, and uh, she really wasn't interested in that. And that's okay. But I, th- I found that to be like a, a pretty important prerequisite, mm-hmm. you know, if, and, and not like we don't, it's not like every ceremony we do, we do together, but the ability to, to say yes to experiences like that, like, can we grow together? Can we try new things together? And can we, can we do things that maybe are a bit scary, but oftentimes those are the things that produce the best results, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can do those things together, then we'll always be able to grow with one another. And so before meeting her, that's really one of the core tenets to the foundation of the relationship I was calling in. And even though she had no experience with that and her own reservations, ultimately she was open to it. As a practicing Christian, but I had all of the um, ingrained, programmed fear of this is demonic. You're opening yourself up to demons and Satan if you, mm-hmm. you know, do drugs. And it's like, you you're know, possessed. And, yes. And like now looking back, like, I mean, there are definitely drugs. And I think alcohol is one of them that opens you up mm-hmm. um, to things that are not pure, that are not God. Um, but my reservations, I, I, I all actually always had an interest in mushrooms. I think that was why. It was the first one that I tried because I remember hearing just horror stories in college. But for some reason, that was the one that I was like, I don't know, I kind of, that one sounds kind of interesting. It, it just always did. And so after having my first experience um, with him and then him having that first ayahuasca ceremony. Um, but I mean, we also he when we first started dating, it, he gave me how to eat, move and be healthy. Mm-hmm. And uh, that book really changed my life like it really did because I was healthy but not really at all like I ran I trained I worked out and my idea of like oh I'm making healthy choices like grab a pre-made salad from a grocery store and a smoothie from Smoothie King which Mm -hmm. knowing now is like 40 grams (laughs) of sugar in it you know like all like not even not even real fruit but like i that was just my understanding of health and yeah. wellness. And so reading that book was like, wow. So then there was a, you know, coming into um, unity on our lifestyle, our, our eating, all of that. And then I uh, recommended the Five Love Languages book. And so he read that. And so that was an opportunity for us Less than to a week I finished that book. Understand out the gate about love languages, and luckily, you know, ours we share pretty much all of the same ones, so that makes it really easy. Um, But it also gave us the opportunity to talk about, oh man, you know, look, thinking back about a past relationship, now I can see that person theirs was something I never did. Mm -hmm. You know, like if someone's is um, words of affirmation, and you're like never giving compliments, like how hard that would be. Um, so I think just we, uh, we, and then the fact that we were friends first and I remember being on the tour, he was like, well, so who are you talking to? You got any boyfriends, you know? And I'd show him pictures of the different guys that I was talking to. Cause I knew nothing about open relationship at the time, but I, how I was dating was I'm, I have not been wowed. I've been in horrible relationships. I want to mm-hmm. just leave myself open and have fun and I everybody knew hey I'm not exclusive to you if you're not okay with that then you know we don't need to do this 
Um, so I think we already had the dialogue and the openness of talking about past relationships. So it never, we, it just, we've never had a problem talking about past relationships and, and even current, like, wow, that woman is gorgeous or that's Mm -hmm. a beautiful man. And, um, yeah, I think there's, there was a lot in the beginning that made, uh, those parts of relationships just, yeah, yeah, not an issue. Um, so it sounds like it was mostly that you guys were both open to the growth path and, and, um, growing together in it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I asked Instagram, like what questions, you know, they wanted me to ask and the most, how many cut questions did you get about me? None. (laughs) (laughs) It's not allowed. I still get cut comments (laughs) on my YouTube. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Even last week I was like, all right, I'm much better now about it. Well, the one that, how I received that. <laughs> yeah. uh, the one that was the most consistent big surprise was if you guys are still open. So I wanted to see if you guys could talk about what made you decide to be open and then what made you guys decide to close that chapter and what. Um, and where we are now. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what made you decide to open? What made you decide to close? And um, maybe, you know, what was healed through the highs and lows of both yeah. parts you know I really was was the guy that spearheaded that and for a lot of reasons number one I had just read I had read even we even started this conversation prior to reading it but Sex at Dawn from Chris Ryan was a big influence prior to that I had heard you know Chris Ryan on Rogan's podcast talking about it and different people like that and from a tribal sense it made a lot of sense to me um from a novelty standpoint, it made a lot of sense to me. And because we were so open and talking about past relationships and different people that we're attracted to. And, you know, I always joked, I'm like the fourth Kyle Tosh has ever dated, <laughs> Kyle number four. So in every one of the Kyles, this is just the Kyles, but every one of the Kyles looks completely different from one another. So it's clear like Tosh has a wide variety of people she's attracted to. And same with me. My previous girlfriend was 6'2". I played center at ASU women's basketball. Tosh is a foot shorter than her. It's, I have a wide range of attraction and that's, that's totally normal. Um, those conversations open that up, you know, and in my previous relationship, we had swung a little bit where we, we would have a threesome with a guy or a threesome with a girl. And sometimes with another couple, like a married couple and things like that. And those were always really awesome experiences. They were novel. They were fun. They were They would turn us on like crazy and then we'd go home together. You know, there was like no work Mm. like open relationship or, or polyamory provides. And, um, just from a novelty standpoint, those were awesome experiences and didn't not too challenging, you know, as far as growth, there was a part of me that wanted the challenge of open relationship. There was a part of me that wanted to grow from it. And the more I leaned into that, the more I saw that was going to be the case. And, um, you know, when we got married, this really, really kicked it off. Cause when we got married, I think it was either that night or the next day I told I her it was we were driving to yeah. Vegas, we were yeah. on the road trip out. Yeah. So it was after yeah. we got married, but before <clears throat> our, our fake wedding where we had, you know, friends and family for photos, <laughs> photo wedding. And, um, and I told her, I was like, if you, if there's ever a time in your life where you feel the desire to have sex with another man, I'm okay with it. Just, just, just let me know. Like the thing I won't be okay with is if you hide it from me, but if you let me know, I'll be okay with that. If we're going to be together forever till the end of our lives, till death to us part, I want to give you that 
you know, like that is yours to have. You're not, it's not a death sentence with me. Like you have that <laughs> option. And of course it was like, you want to fuck other women? You know, yeah, like that was just like, I see what you're yeah, doing it was here. just like instantly, my response. instant trigger. You want to fuck other women, don't you? And I was like, no, no, that's me. not what I'm saying. You know, it's so like, there was many conversations like that where I was like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that, you know, and it was just coming out. Turn the car around. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the wedding's off. We're already married. Um, <laughs> the fake wedding's off. No <laughs> photos. Off. That's it. No Chipotle. Um, so there was, there was, you know, quite a few conversations that transpired like that. And then the thing that really did it for me was I was in a ceremony with Tosh and Dr. Well, Dan Engel. Okay, first, sorry. I, first I read Sex at Dawn and then was like, okay, I, I can see, I can understand it. I can see why, why -hmm. this could be beneficial and where, um, how the idea of if this is our one life in this form uh, in at this time, then why would I want to rob my partner from having a full experience and doing everything that they want? Mm -hmm. Um, so then there was an understanding of it and was like, I'm not going to say no, I'm not saying no, but you know, let's, let's talk about it it's more. And we table. were, and there was so much coming up already from just talking about it. We, it was like, we were already open. Some of the fights we were having Hello work. that, and he didn't even sleep with anybody. So <laughs> it, was like, it was already like a ceremony and just the talking and, and being open to it. Yeah. Then we did the ceremony with Dr. Dan Engel, Aubrey Marcus, and uh, one of my mentors and Tosh. So the five of us, get together and uh, it was a mushroom journey. And in that, what kept coming up, I mean, I was, I was trying to find out a lot of things with regard to our relationship. And what I kept seeing was like this uh, amongst many visions, some of which I'll explain and some I won't, but the main takeaways were to start open relationship now, not to wait until our kids are grown up, you know, like when it would be easier and they're off at school and those kind of things like start it now because it's, it's going to have, it's going to create pressure on you. That's going to make you a better father. It's going to make you mm. a better partner. It's going to connect you closer to Tosh and that growth you want now. You don't want it later. You want to have that now. So that way you can lead from that example and from that knowledge and wisdom going forward as you raise your kids. And that felt pretty definitive, you know, and it felt, and I even asked, like, I was like, is she seeing this? This seems like a lot to say to someone. And the answer was no, only you are seeing this. And I had written one of my intentions down. The maestro has you write the intentions on a chalkboard. And so I wrote, I communicate truth, which comes from Paul Selig's work. Mm-hmm. And uh, truth was with a capital T. And, it, and mm-hmm. I just saw that chalkboard and heard the question, do you? And I was like, fuck. Mm-hmm. All right. I got to have this conversation now. So, you know, after that ceremony, I, I talked with her about it. And, I, and, you know, and I was like, this, this is what I'm seeing. It's, it's basically I'm hearing that we do this now, not later. Mm-hmm. And so in 2018, we had agreed and, you know, we had gone to Burning Man and I made out with some people, you know, friends, people I was attracted to, but still like had reservations. And I think a part of me knew how hard it was going to be, even though consciously I understood it all. And I was like, no, I'm not going to be jealous. There's not going to be any work, you know, and Aubrey, you know, one of my best friends, Aubrey Marcus, he was like, no, it's, there's a lot of work where you're going to have work. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't, maybe, but I think you're going to, you know, and sure enough, you know, right from the jump when we started, I had a girlfriend first and it was just a mind fuck. Like it was so much work and brought up so much for us. 
And um, by the end of it, it only lasted a couple months for me, but by the end of it, I really, A, felt a strong calling to get Tosh, you know, get skin in the game. <laughs> uh, it's for Tosh to have a boyfriend and another partner. And for, for, for me at that point, I was slowly coming to the realization that everything that I'm doing in my life from my vocation to my family, it, it wasn't worth the squeeze. Mm. You know, sex with another person's awesome. But, and I was even having visions about that in other ceremonies. Like I would, I would have sex with another partner and finish and then move away from her. And like these tiny little spider webs connected us from our genitals, like Mm. this string that Mm -hmm. attached us to one another. And I would try to clear it away with my hands, but then it would get on my body Mm -hmm. and other parts. And I was like, oh shit, there's like that sticky energetic exchange, Mm -hmm. which is totally rad with your life partner. Right. But it's (laughs) super sticky. Don't get it in your hair. Don't get that sticky web in your hair. Um, But, but you know what I'm saying? Like there, there, it's totally fine to have that energy exchange with the person you love Mm -hmm. where it's not cool and where it'll cause issues is when that's done with somebody that is just for fun, where it's maybe not love. Yeah. And um, all the, all the little things you can think of, it just, it just blew my mind how much work that was Mm -hmm. while still parenting and still trying to manage my primary relationship with my wife and so by the end of that you know I, I, I joke when I had Jamie Will on the podcast I was like I'd rather learn Native American flute <laughs> than have a girlfriend like I have no bandwidth for another person in my life that isn't tribe you know and at the same time I still felt this really strong calling to form tribe and I felt a really strong calling to help Tosh find somebody and I preferred a friend of mine because I would know that those guys, you know, people that I love and trust and have no issue with, she found somebody I'd never met before or knew anything mm-hmm. about, which was unique and challenging in its own way. And I really pushed for that. I mm-hmm. pushed her throughout that experience to be with him and, and she can jump in here now and talk about her side of it, you know, and then we can talk about why we've come to the conclusion, you know, that, that. Yeah. And I also want to hear about, I, obviously your soul asked you to do this for a reason because it did want those things to heal that was shown to you in that first ceremony in your fatherhood and parenting. So I want to hear about how that was done as well. But yeah, Tasha, you jump if in. If you want to, you can answer that. The, or I can the, jump in. The first yeah. ceremony where the, the medicine said, do it now, don't wait, because it's going to form in you these certain parts of your fatherhood and your parenting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so much came up. Like one of the first... So one of the first experiences where Tosh was on, uh, was going to go out of town, they were going to go to Vegas and like weather, oddest weather conditions made it Apparently so that they couldn't fly Apparently it was snowing out. in Vegas. So yeah. like, we couldn't oh, fly. We can't land in the snow <laughs> if it's in Vegas. So People in Vegas are like, there's no snow here. So I was like, all right, we're not supposed to go. So they didn't go to Vegas. And then I was like, let me really show how much of a yes I have and I'll get a hotel so you guys can have a staycation. And that was three days long. And I was just staying home with bear and, and it was awesome the first two days and come, you know, like, like that second night I was, my mind was racing all the jealousy, all the thoughts, all the, is he bigger? Is he better? Is he any of these things? Mm-hmm. Does she love him more? Is she going to leave me? Every fear I could think of was coming up and I was sitting with it and stewing in it. And that, that Sunday morning, 
uh, she wrote me and I was like, Oh yes, she wrote me. She's coming home. And she was like, Hey, can I, is it cool if I stay a little bit longer to do something like, uh, you know, whatever the case was like get breakfast or something like that. And I was like, fine, stay, you know, and like just this nasty as shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Why don't you marry him and move in with him and never come back. Right. <laughs> and it's so ridiculous in hindsight, but I was fucking, That's how, just I, squ- I was so squeezed and, um, you know, and so it, it, that triggered a ton of abandonment stuff. She came home and she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, why did you want to stay longer? And I was like, that's fuck this, you know, and it, and I just ran out of the house and I jumped in my getaway car. Hold on. Uh, so, so as he's, <laughs> yeah. as he's leaving, cause we were in the backyard, I think Bear was taking a nap and we were in the backyard talking and he gets super pissed, goes inside, slams the door. I think you kicked a water bottle or uh, he like ah, like through something and so there's all this water on the floor heading towards the front door that I did not know was there so he goes through the house through the front door slams it and I'm like oh hell no he's leaving <laughs> I don't think so so I take off running through the house oh no slip in the water land on my elbow and it hurts so bad which made me more mad so I run out the front door and then he's we had the Prius at the time he's like he had just backed out and I was like you get the fuck back here like screaming at me and, and he's like like tries to like peel out but it's going like two miles an hour and i'm just like ah, like screaming at Hyper him speed she's walking uh <laughs> and pacing the pacing the speed of the car i'm going walking around one of our neighbors is pushing their she's baby pushing the baby out there and i didn't realize it until he was like gone and i was like Oh, and we ended up becoming really good friends with them and hanging out with them later on that year. So I I got like, (laughs) I got like halfway to on it, which was all of five minutes away. And I recalled all the times I had done that in my previous relationship. There was times where I would get into a fight and from Tempe, Arizona, jump in a car at midnight and drive all the way to LA. Yeah. That's how, and I didn't catch it, but I saw that pattern and I was like, oh, I'm running again. And what music did you listen to when you did those long drives? I don't know. Yeah. Fleetwood's great. Uh, Even before the TikTok video, Fleetwood was hot. Whitney Houston. But Whitney for sure. Don't (laughs) derail me. So no Twain. Um, (laughs) It brought up uh, the behavior my mom would do. Anytime my parents got in a fight, she would leave sometimes for three days. You know, she'd say, I'm out of here, you know, after a giant fight. And I would never know when she was coming back. And when she was gone, you know, I, I, I would hear, you know, like the blame really like, well, if you hadn't done this and this with your sister, she wouldn't have left mm-hmm. or I wouldn't have been angry. And I wouldn't, you know, and a lot of shit like that was coming up for me. And it was like, oh, wow, all that's connected. And because I hadn't healed that with my mother from my childhood, I was attaching it and projecting it onto her, onto Tosh. Mm-hmm. And so that realization was a mind fuck, but quite illuminating, you know, and, and really healing for me to sit with that. You know, we ended up doing a a ceremony later, I think with the Sonoran desert toad that allowed me to really process that stuff with mom and and unattach it from Tosh. And, um, you know, so those, that was one of the big moments. There's been many big moments like that. that were super illuminating ultimately at the crux of every one of those situations was, any fear that I had was a lack of belief in myself, which ultimately was a lack of knowing myself, mm-hmm. you know, and that really dives into Paul Selig's work. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know how I serve. In truth. 
in truth, right? And I'm free, I'm free, I'm free. All of those things. I have come, I have come, I have come. All of those downloads, (laughs) right? All of those key codes that are used with the logos to speak into being is is you singing the song until you remember it, Mm -hmm. right? And his guides sing the song for you until you remember it. But that remembrance is the remembrance that I'm not separate from God. And the second I was able to fully digest that, there was no fear of being left because you're never alone. There was no fear of not being good enough because I'm created in God's image and likeness. There was that ultimate remembering and beyond a sense of understanding, it was the known and beyond the known, you know, that's one of his trilogies, right? So it was that really the fullness of, of remembering who I am and what I am allowed me to let go of any ideas around identity, the identity of, how I look in the public. People are calling me a cuck. People are saying I'm bisexual. People are any of these things. Um, I, uh, if I thought I wasn't good enough or, you know, recognizing, you know, his gifts, because ultimately he has his own gifts and his own unique expression of God. And my ability to have not just acceptance of that, but to, to be um, excited about it, to be thrilled, to celebrate him and still know who I am, but that, that key had to be unlocked. And I think once that was unlocked, it really just allowed me to, to totally drop all of the jealousy and all of the fear that surrounded that. And even knowing you know, that that was something that I had stated before was like six months into the, her relationship, I knew I was never going to date another girl again. Hmm. You know, I, I could have had sex with other people, even though I didn't. Um, and I thought, I would be okay with her staying in relationship at this point because I remembered that because I felt it throughout my body and that my understanding was so strong that it was no longer an issue. It wasn't about even Stevens. It wasn't about anything, you know? And, and so that's really one of the greatest lessons that I picked from that, that mushrooms were trying to point to me of was this ultimate pressure that no plant medicine could give, you know, that something I talked a lot about with Aubrey is that psychedelics, no matter how hard they are, they have a beginning and an ending. Even, you know, Iboga or something lasts 72 hours and can be gut-wrenching and harder than ayahuasca. It's 72 hours and then it ends. Open relationship and your mind, which keeps you in that ceremony, lasts as long as you're in it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, And truthfully, there was no end in sight. So for a year, a year and a half, however long that went, it was consistently was something that weighed on me. It was yeah. consistently something that, that pressured me. And that squeeze was the catalyst for the growth necessary for me to really come to terms with that remembrance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with that piece, I mean, my life has completely changed. Mm. I think there was also a um, assumption uh, that Christian would date, mm-hmm. would find uh, his queen, queen yeah. his partner and um just the more time that went by it was becoming more and more obvious that that wasn't going to happen um and there was also a i mean obviously we have uh wolf now and um you know Kyle had visions of us having a girl years before we even met Christian um brown hair, brown eyes. And, uh, but, but there was a point in the relationship where I just knew that what we 
our role in in his in this journey of his growth, um, our relationship in this way was not going to stay could not stay this way. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was a um, it wasn't sustainable. Right. It wasn't sustainable. It was too much for me because to me it was like, oh, you know, it, it, if I'm one woman taking care of two men and he was around all the time and so it just became a very, and I'm a projector, um, it became very exhausting. And uh, on top of that being a mom, so there's, you know, three people and then if I can fit time in for myself. But it was a very, very clear message that um, the relationship needed to, the romantic relationship needed to end. And um, I didn't fully understand it other than just what I was feeling and what it, you know, and how strongly I was feeling it. And, uh, you know, flash forward to now, we have an incredibly beautiful relationship with him and he has his, his partner and they are, it's a beautiful relationship, you know, and it, it, Sometimes I can look at them and and think, oh, I remember, you know, like starting off, you know, when we started off doing the healing work together and how powerful and bonding that is to have a partner that you're kind of working on the same stuff at the same time, you know? And um, so, I mean, my takeaways from it, there, there was a lot, you know, it really exposed even after ending the relationship with Christian um, and you intuitive uh you know saw it because I couldn't quite figure out what was going on I was so tired it was after I had wolf but I was just like I something is there and I can't figure out why this this and this mm-hmm. is causing me to feel or you know, why I'm feeling this way and um it just really shed light on my feelings of unworthiness mm-hmm. um and you know doing open relationship um I feel like I truly do believe that Kyle loves me with all of his heart and that we are, we're together forever. Like I don't even question it now. I I know that we have decided not just because there's a piece of paper that says that we're married, but we have decided that we are going to work through anything that comes Mm -hmm. and we are fully capable of it. Um, And uh, I think when we, started open you know looking back I had a lot of already feelings of like you know Kyle doesn't look at me the same way Mm -hmm. and all these fears and all these things um and so you know I don't know that this is a maybe it's advice I don't know but for anyone that is starting off you know wants to start or wants to try is that you want to make sure that you are not doing it out of a place of pain you know not doing it from a place of um needing more validation needing more validation because like oh you know I I want this I want you know I because it really did not bother me for him to have sex with somebody else like I can honestly say that of like him having sex with somebody else it doesn't that's not the the thing that makes me it was the there was just there was so many more things mm-hmm. that um were the reason that that relationship ended and why you know this my relationship with Christian started getting hard too mm-hmm. um and we don't need to share all the details on everything we can give little bits here and there but um there yeah i feel like my my trust in him my 
um, my awareness of my own level of unworthiness and how deep that that runs and how that is still very that you know that is rooted to my childhood my feelings mm-hmm. with my fathers and like it's funny because you do all these ceremonies and you're like wow that was so powerful I healed from you know wounds from my my father wound and um and then somehow you know something else will just bring it back to oh it's still there it still you know yeah. lives um, and it's the ongoing work with that. And uh, um, we are not open, but we are not not open. <laughs> we don't really care to put a title. Monogamish. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like at this point, we are monogamous because at this point, we're lucky to have intimate <laughs> time together. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been rough with the two, um, just because of schedules and routines and then you're so, you know, tired, but we're finding the groove and having done this before with bear, having had a kid before, you know, there is an end point and that things get normal and there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. So it's where, as long as we're fitting in some snuggles, even if it's five minutes and you know, we were the, there's no doubt that the love and the attraction and is the still attraction there. Dear God, the attraction <laughs> is strong. <laughs> it's funny. I, I had a podcast with, um, God, I forget the guy's name, but from Feel Free, the guy who created Feel mm-hmm. Free. And uh, he was talking about when he was um, bawling out in the big oil industry at a $17 million house in Dallas. He was oh doing cocaine. He was having these giant lavish parties. And he was, he's kind of like Wolf of Wall Street status, but from not from Wall Street, from big oil money. And he said he bought a Picasso that was some hideous, you know, seven figure amount, maybe eight figure amount. And he said he liked that painting more when he didn't own it. Mm. I was like, really? Why is that? And he goes, because the desire for that painting made me look at it. But once I owned it, I never looked at it. Hmm. It was just hanging Mm. on my wall. And I was like, damn, dude. And he's like, so often in life, the desire for the thing allows us to recognize the beauty in the thing. And once we have it, it's not quite the same. Now I can't, that's not an exact perfect fit when it comes to sex with Tosh, but uh, you know, cause I certainly want the thing and it's not like when I finish, I'm like, Oh God, what did I do? Or no, no, no. so much regret. Yeah. Now I won't, so even, now I won't even look at, I won't even look at Picasso now. No, I still look at the Picasso, but you know, it is a cool thing to kind of hover in the space of being turned on by your partner and knowing that there's, there's really not a perfect time right now for, and when we do have time, it's certainly not, you know, the the, the types of sex magic Jamie wheels talking about Mm -hmm. and recapture the rapture. And at the same time, I know that's what awaits us. You know, like we have that whole, a whole door that's, that's open for us. It's cracked open right now, but it's open for us and it's waiting. And there's an entire new level of the game where we can be intimate with one another in, in new ways. And um, using everything from plant medicines to toys to everything in between for sex magic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've never really explored that. We've touched on that in some, some different ways, but that's really cool because, you know, as Jamie said, you know, when, when life feels like Groundhog Day, seek novelty, create art, and then help others do the same, Mm. right? And so that breaks the monotony up. And having kids, there's a lot of monotonous days. There's a lot of, and I was even told this from Mary Margrave and several other teachers, even Paul Selig had told me this in a private 
that we did. Um, I need to be to fall in love with the mundane, you know, mm. to fall in love with the chores and the daily tasks. And it's my resistance to that that is causing suffering and anger. Okay, right. Yeah. Now I was blown away by that because it's so true. And so many great spiritual teachers like Chogam Trumpa Rinpoche talks about this in meditation and action. It's only like three hour, three and a half hours on audible. It's one of my favorites. But it's that ability to tap in, and Jamie will call this flow state, right? But it's an ability to tap into a higher level of self in the work while I'm mowing the lawn, while I'm doing the dishes, while I'm playing with my kids, and to have a greater degree of presence with that. And I think that's really what I'm trying to cultivate because there's a lot of responsibility as a parent, and there's yeah. a lot of just checking boxes and getting shit done. And, you know, Tosh is a full time mom and a full time homemaker and a full time everything. In addition, while I have two or three jobs that I love, vocations, yeah. you know, working, coaching people and, and the podcast and being as present as I can with our kids mm -hmm. and not trying to do a standard nine to five. You know, I, I hated that when yeah. I was at on it, a nine to five. And thankfully, Aubrey gave me a lot of wiggle room there. It was pretty rare when I'd work an eight hour day. But now, you know, like I'm if I can, I'll work three hours in a day get a workout and be done. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, it's not that way every day. Some days I have a, you know, a big a lot to chew on, but at the same time, I think being able to fall in love with the, with the mundane and the responsibilities of life, that doesn't, it's not taking up bandwidth. It's shit I have to do. Yeah. You know, it's like I can start to enjoy those things. And with that, I can sit in this space and hover in this space of, I don't know when it's going to happen, but we're going to get it at some yeah. point. It's going to be fucking awesome. Well, and I'm totally switched on. <laughs> I've been switched on for 10 days and, and I know it's coming, but this is fantastic. And I got a lot of energy from it. I can feel that. Paul Chuck said that too. And then I'll, I'll, I'll get off my, my soapbox. But Paul Chuck said that libido isn't just sexual energy. It's life force energy. Yeah. Libido is your, your, the, the essence mm -hmm. of what you bring to the table in everyday life. And so you want that libido right. on fire. You want yeah. that just revved up. And I think that's part of the practice of semen retention and mm -hmm. a lot of other things that I've been taught about, but never fully understood. And now through circumstance, I get to actually feel into that. And I, and it's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Well, it's also funny, the difference between bear and wolf when bear was little, like her age, like if we were fooling around or having sex, like if he was in, you know, obviously he'd be in the room, like, or if he was playing, but he would never, he didn't like notice. Like, yeah. I didn't feel like he was like, it was like, oh, my toys or doing something else. She's like, <laughs> like has to like inspect, like get closer. So it's just like, ah, I can't, I can't <laughs> yeah. watching. So like that has been like a huge change. Cause I'm like, I remember us having sex a lot more. Like if we wanted yeah. to every day we could, and it wasn't an yeah. issue. Wolf, Wolf sees uh, Tasha's boobs and she's like oh it's oh, time it's, to eat so then I'm like you know? nursing and so, you know yeah. like it's so like, I'm like I can't, I, can't, I can't do it can't do um, it so yeah. like you know this morning we were I texted him last night because it was late and he was like hey you up and I'm like I'm like super ready to sleep so can we let's, <laughs> let's aim for after you get out of the sauna and the ice bath um, and because Bear's been sleeping in so mm. I come out start the coffee I know he's in the the ice bath and um I start the coffee and then I hear the stairs. Bear's coming no. down the stairs and I was like, oh man. 
one day. You know? Yeah. And then I had, I had forgotten while I was in the sauna, <laughs> I was listening to Audible and I'm, I do like about an hour of sauna with a couple, couple one minute or two minute ice bath sessions in between. And I get out of the second ice bath and I'm, I start remembering and I was like, oh yeah, Tosh, oh, we're going to, oh, we're going to have time this morning. Oh man, this is phenomenal. And so I write her <laughs> immediately. I write, hey, are you awake? And then all the thoughts, all the fantasy starts up. And I start remember, I was actually thinking back to the very beginning of our relationship and a lot of different sexual experiences we had. And immediately, fresh out of the ice bath, I'm getting erect. And I'm like, oh, God, it still works even after the ice bath. <laughs> and I'm super pumped. And I was like, Good. and then the door to the garage opens up where the sauna and, and ice bath bare. are. And it's bare. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, God, hey, buddy. Good morning. How Back are you? I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. But it was like, it's like, and that's just like standard. It's par for the yeah. course as parents. You yeah. know, like it really is. <laughs> And instead of being upset by it, like I actually, it would just became like comical, you know, my, my, my brother, Shervin, the uh, founder of Symbiotica Supplements, you know, he's been on my podcast twice and he, he calls shit like that, the cosmic giggle, Mm -hmm. you know, like that is truly the cosmic giggle and it's, it's nothing to be frustrated or mad about. I've certainly lived in frustration and anger when it comes to things like that or, you know, the woe is me victim mentality of doing the fucking responsibilities of being a dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 I signed up for that. I was drawn to that. And if I say yes to that, then it can be hilarious. Like that's some sitcom stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like that's yeah. something you see on Seinfeld or friends. Like it was pure comedy when that happened this morning. Yeah. And still fully turned on and ready to go <laughs> at any, at a moment's I need, notice. I need <laughs> to look at it like that. A cosmic <laughs> giggle. Um, so there's three more topics I want to try to cover with you guys. Um, and we'll see what, you know, what time allows for. But the one thing I did want to bring up was, uh, we were at a party a couple weeks ago and Preston Smiles asked Tasha if she was a coach and she was like, no, I'm, I'm just a mom. And I was like, well, (laughs) she, she was what, you know, introduced me to plant medicine and, and onto the growth path. So everyone I'm coaching, she is coaching. And then also, you know, Kyle, um, I've told y'all both about the um, plant medicine ceremony where I saw how you are showing up to the ceremonies. You are showing up to uh, fit for servants into all the coaching, but because she is so much of your grounding cord and, and the one that makes this home function, she is there doing the work with you. Like everyone who's benefiting from you is benefiting from her and, and how beautiful that was. And there was part of me that was like, this is why we're so tired as women. (laughs) We're doing the work and we're making the house run. Um, But just how much of a medicine woman, you know, she is um, through you as well in your medicine. And so I just wanted to, um, Tasha, you talk about what that role is like for you. And then Kyle also talk about what, you know, how important that role of your wife is in your work. Um, I feel like, uh, it's, I don't know how to answer it really other than it feel like I just, I love him and I know what he's working towards as far as just in all things. And sometimes I understand it. Sometimes I don't, he's on a <laughs> number thing right now and I'm not. Dematria, get it right. <laughs> and I numerology on steroids. Eventually I'll, Look it I'll up. get Dematria, there. MartyLeads33.com. Check I'm him just, out. I'm just focused on on the six-year-old right now. That's I can't do numbers yet. I'll get there. Um, but uh, I, he's, he, I, I just, I want 
his happiness. I want his growth. I want all that because ultimately that means the same for me Mm -hmm. and really whatever he's doing, whatever he's learning, whatever breakthroughs he's having. I also am as well because he's sharing that with me, even though I can't do ceremony right now, I can't read all the books or, you know, like any of that. Um, I can read some books, but not, uh, I'm not retaining the information like he does. Um, so there's a benefit for me and also just for our family and, um, having also been through hard ceremonies, I haven't been through a ceremony like the ones he's had, you know, the dark night of the soul Mm -hmm. and, um, even the 30 gram one. But when he tells me something that he's drawn to, or he feels a calling to, I fully, I always support it. I, I always ask questions and, you know, I want to think about things and ask him all the questions why. And, um, but when he's very grounded and, and also when the doors are just opening and it's very clear that he's supposed to do this, um, being the support for that experience. And, and I've, I've failed in the past. I haven't always been perfect at it. Um, but however, I can support it. I do because there's also the the same for me. He's mm-hmm. incredibly supportive of me when I'm working through things, when I'm going through things, when I'm, um, you know, if I'm not incredibly horny for a while, he's incredibly patient, and you know, it, it's it's definitely been hard with a newborn. Um, and again, that all comes back, but um, yeah, and something I really appreciate about y'all's relationship too is when you do ask him to reel it in in a certain area or to make a tweak in a certain area. Um, From my experience, and I don't think that it's because I'm in the room, uh, Kyle never seems to take it personal. He seems genuinely thankful that there's another set of eyes that's noticing something that has, you know, some truth to offer. Yeah. 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 I want to jump in on that because that's a super important piece that wasn't always there. You know, uh, the first time I did ayahuasca, the very first vision, I became Tosh and she was me. And I had the curly hair, I had her breasts and I was shorter and I was looking up at me and I was yelling at me and I relived every argument we had ever had in our entire relationship up to that point. But the words coming out of me as Tosh were said in a way that Kyle would understand. Mm. And every time I had thought about her nagging me or not wanting me to have fun, fun with my friends because I was drinking belligerently and snorting coke and doing stupid shit, she loved me and could see something that I couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know? But in my you know, small egoic mind was like, she just doesn't want me to have fun and she's a party pooper and she's a constant fucking nag and... I think, you know, she wants me all to herself and doesn't want me to go out and and celebrate with my friends and all these, you know, these stories. I immediately saw that everything she was saying was she was communicating her love for me in her own way. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't receive it at that time. And ultimately, I did need to make some big lifestyle changes around how I was drinking and and the drugs that I was using to celebrate. You know, there's no, no, no doubt about it. Um. And it took quite a few ceremonies for ayahuasca to really drill that in before I was like, oh, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that, the, you know, that changed my life. And I think one of the, the key ingredients and something that you had, had recognized, Jade, was that she's, she's my foundational piece. 
You know, if if I have a rocket ship for psychonautic <laughs> travels, she's the, the ground that I that I jump off of, mm-hmm. right? And the ground that I return to and land upon. And um, you know, I, I spoke about that on my solo cast on the Dark Night of the Soul, that she really carried our whole family on her back when I went through 17 days of hell. And um like nothing else. You know, like that, that, that was a safety net that allowed me to fully unpack the shit that was going through my mind and to, to settle into the space of I'm still held, I'm still okay. And things are going to work out, you know, and, and that's, that's a safety net that I always have gratitude for. And, um, it doesn't, you know, there, there, there can be some tweaks, you know, I think one thirty gram penis envy journey with psilocybin is, is enough. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know that I necessarily feel called to do that again. I certainly don't feel called to have an initiatory dose of 5-MeO again. Mm-hmm. That may never happen again, yeah. and I'd be okay with that. I think the potentials for downside far outweigh the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and even and him going through that experience with the 5-MeO, like that, even though I was holding space for him and, you know, just like trying to ask him questions to help process um, really that him coming out of that and, and all the feelings that came up for me had so much to do with worthiness mm-hmm. me feeling like, Oh, you know, like what's he, why is he got it? You know, like, why is he got to go do these things? Why does he have to push it? Like, is, mm-hmm. is he not happy? Is it, you know, all these weird things that I, that I just, you know, projected from it, um, allowed me to also have ceremony out of it as well mm-hmm. um that I feel yeah I feel like that's it's kind of the the constant back and forth and taking turns support it's been really beautiful that we haven't had a <laughs> at the same time like there's always yeah. one of us that's able to okay now it's your turn okay yeah. now it's your turn that's and what my go. kids do to me yeah, uh, we offer structure. You know, Tasha's been my structure and the foundational piece for me when I when I go way, way, way deep. Yeah, and uh, even in the in between, you know, like it's there are lots of things people can do when they have the money to do it. You know, mm-hmm. like you pay for a cleaner or a lawn service, and Tim Ferriss has talked a lot about this in the past. Ben Greenfield, people like that, and there's there's no right or wrong in any of this stuff. Certainly we have the income to hire a lawn service or to do different things like that. But the fact that we participate in those things, I mean, there's, there's reasons for that. Number one, I, I feel connected to nature mowing my lawn. I feel connected to nature trimming our trees and doing that Mm -hmm. and actually having a a, a hand in our garden. Um, I feel connected to the carpet when I vacuum. (laughs) (laughs) Vacuuming is dope with the the best Dyson on the planet. We got that cordless. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, But, but the, you know, my point is like there, there are things that we could pay for um, that may give us more time to do other things that we want to do. But, but truthfully, I really appreciate that how hard a worker she is, you know, yeah. and that that's something she was instilled in her on a positive side from her mother that she continues to this day. And um, I can see that not just from daily chores, but to how we parent and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the her ability to remain calm when I'm upset 
or you know you know and and with our children you know and for or us if to I'm, if i'm upset and then you're you're like kind of piggybacking hey. i'm like no we can't both be yeah <laughs> you can't both be on a nice you gotta thing. be the calm that's the nice thing i see too no is bad that cop bad cop <laughs> yeah like if one is calm and the other isn't and the calm one tries to remind that person like hey breathe you know mm-hmm. like again i haven't seen you guys take that personal in that moment you're actually thankful like you're right like mm-hmm. i'm not my best yeah. self at this moment like you're genuinely thankful for the other one pulling you back in instead of being you're against me too yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> I'm being we need to be on the same page he's yeah. wrong the six-year-old is wrong you're all yelling yeah, yeah. let's yeah. all be chaotic yeah so. we we have found the way to balance each other very well yeah. and nonviolent communication has helped a ton with that uh, the four agreements have helped a ton with that. And they're, they're just, you know, they're ever present. There's no mastery here. The mastery of love has helped with that, but still that's always a process and it's always, it's always occurring in the now. And I'm frequently though, reminding myself, don't take it personally yeah. or don't make assumptions or, you know, mm-hmm. do your best, you know, and sometimes my best isn't as good as I want it to be. And that's still okay mm-hmm. as a parent, right? Like the, the ability to self forgive a lot of these lessons coming from plant medicines, but then us given the opportunity through experience to actually put our money where our mouth is and, and, and live that experience so that it becomes gnosis. Yeah. But I love that. Um, when y- you always recognize that part that shows up, like I've never seen you just stay in that mode. Like you, um, there was one time that I think you maybe kind of raised your voice, but even then it wasn't like what, I would consider, you know, especially from where I've come from to have been raising your voice at all. And you came in and I remember you put your hand on my hand and you like teared up and said, like, I'm really sorry for, you know, losing my cool that, you know, I, um, whatever you said, but it was really touching and it melted my heart because I didn't even notice that you acted a certain way. That's how, um, how quick you were to snap out of it, you know? And I know that that's, for me, it's not the norm. I know that that's not, it's not possible to always be the norm. We get low on sleep and our kids are high energy, but I wanted to talk about that, how, you know, I've learned so much from you guys, but what trumps it all is how much I've learned from how you guys parent. Um, there's times when I have just had it, like my kids never want to leave here. This is their favorite place. So when I'm trying to get them out the door and they're losing their shit and I am, I'm just done. I'm just trying to push them in the car and get them (laughs) buckled. Um, I've noticed that a lot of times you'll put your hand on their heart and it's, it's like a way of calming them. And also almost like you're feeling into their emotional state and, and having like that empathy and compassion. And I, I've seen you, Tasha, like when the kids are fighting, um, for me, a lot of times I'm like separate rooms, everybody's separate rooms, but you, you like sit them down in a circle and you're, you lead them in breath work. There's been times we've stayed the night. We've all been in a funk and Kyle led us in a drum circle. So I'd love to talk about how you maintain that place where instead of joining the chaos, you bring them into a regulated space. Cause that's our biggest job as parents is teaching them that. Um, it really, it is incredibly beneficial for me if I listen, if I'm listening to, like you turned me on to, Kim John um, Payne. yeah, Kim John Payne and his podcast. And then, um, like the soul of discipline, the one I'm almost done with cooperative and connected. Um, it, I feel like if, if the more fresh I have things, tools I have in my head 
So listening to a, or reading a little bit at some point in the day, it just reminds me how I want to parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the breath work, the, you know, the drum circle, um, I mean, recently I was listening to uh, one of the podcasts and it was talking about spanking, yelling, and over talking. Mm-hmm. And it was probably that morning that I told Kyle, like, I think we need to start spanking. Like, nothing is working. Like, we, I feel like it's, what are we doing wrong? I don't want my child to grow up to be just an entitled high chair tyrant mm-hmm. we give him everything you know like all these all these things i'm like we might Spoiled have to start spanking but i'm like but if we no do worries, if we do need to spank though like it has to be it cannot be not from not a place of anger. of anger it needs to be a very all right we're getting the spanking it's not like a like going you know chasing him right you know they're running away from you and you're trying to spank them kind of a thing and he's like i hear you okay we're on the same page then i go in the sauna i'm listening to us <laughs> i come back out i'm like we're not spanking we're back to not spanking you know like baby bear's been spanked and Kyle's like, like we're on the same page times. yeah <laughs> exactly he, but like that's very much the relationship and i really appreciate that he is i i listen to and read the children's books and the things and and i let him and christian know hey this is something we've been doing that we shouldn't be doing anymore mm-hmm. um like the spanking and hitting that kind of stuff has never been um like it, it, a handful of times for bear yeah. like he, he might say otherwise but i'm like you have no clue what it's like <laughs> to live in a home that spanks um and uh but to me it really i i do it I, it matters it really matters how i handle everything um, from the crying and, you know, the being dramatic, the lying, but like, ultimately we're going to make mistakes. And as long as I continue to gather more information on, you know, and if it, if it, if it feels right, if I Mm -hmm. listen to something, I might not agree with and be like, "Eh, I don't think so. But a lot of the stuff, uh, basically everything in the soul, the soul of discipline and cooperative and connected, um, I feel like are absolutely beautiful because it really, it also helps me. It also has Mm -hmm. helped me reading it to see where so many of my reactive, you know, patterns or anger or inability to handle and regulate my emotions. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, look at back in my childhood and see how things were handled. So in, in reading these things and learning on how to be the kind of parent of conscious parents that I want to be, I'm also having the realization and healing in my own childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, what is the goal? The goal was the children being able to handle their emotions, being honest, being kind, um, telling the truth. Like, I want my kids to tell me. I to always want to tell me the truth, mm-hmm. no matter what. And that's what I always tell Bear. You will get in trouble if you lie. You won't get in trouble if you tell the truth. You always tell the truth. And even then, he's like, oh, you know, if he gets does something, he's like, I didn't want to get in trouble. I'm like, what is so bad about you getting in trouble? Like, what happens? You I know. never get That's beaten. That's what I say. You, like, you maybe get, like, over-talked to. And that was one of the things that I was listening to that I was like, yeah, Kyle, I think you and I over-talk. Like, you can see where you're trying to, like, explain it, like, as if you were the book. Mm-hmm. And Bear's just, you know, glazed over, just like, uh-huh, okay, never again. <laughs> and you're like, now. okay, all right, I definitely am an over-talker, so now I'm just... That's an area I'm working on. But, um, yeah, I, I feel uh, honored and flattered that you feel that way. I think you're a phenomenal parent, too. Like, you Thank guys you. stay here all the time, and I think, man, 
she, you know, like shower time, your your bath time <laughs> every mm. night. It's <laughs> like oh, sending prayers, sending prayers to Jade upstairs with the with the crying. But I think it's I learn a lot from you. I also reach out to you, and I'm like, uh, is there any holes in my in what I'm doing that you can see? And um, so I think just being constant with consistent with the information that I'm mm-hmm. getting. Um, and then also having other moms and friends who are raising their children the same way. And you just kind of, it, you get peace about it. You know, talking yeah. to other parents who have kids. There's, I was talking to someone the other day and she basically said, like explained her six year old is like doing the exact same yeah. thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. So we're in a phase, you yeah. know? Wolfie, I feel like Wolfie's is like easy. We've done it. We've done the one-year-old yeah. thing. We know what's coming with two and three, but six, like Bear, literally at every age, it's like, ah, oh, this it's, is new territory. Yeah. I don't know. Is it normal? Is it not? Like with Wolfie, you're like, oh, that's normal. I'm going through She's the same throwing, thing with throwing with herself back. And, six. Yeah. And I know, um, thank you for saying that about my parenting as well. Just uh, last week, someone had told me that I'm the most stern parent they'd ever met. And Why, you don't <laughs> let them have sugar. Just I don't know, but uh, that's something. I, you guys have such a good balance because you're also so playful. Mm-hmm. You're so playful. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, you are two of the most giving people I've ever met. You give as if you can't run out, mm-hmm. and I've not I've not seen that in many people. And I never realized how hard it was for me to receive until I was receiving from you guys. Um, that was a big worthiness healing in my life. And I remember in the beginning, um, at y'all's old house, like eating dinner with y'all and always feeling so guilty. And instead of saying thank you, cause then I had to acknowledge that I was receiving, I would come up with like something to apologize for. And so, you know, noticing that and acknowledging that and then uh, moving through it, but it's been such a healing place for me. And uh, I want to talk about, I, I truly feel like because of how y'all give so much that it's one of the reasons why you attract such an amazing life. But also, um, you know, I had that visual where you guys were like in ceremony, you guys were like giant heaters and there was these like little snowflakes that would come hit the heater and it would turn into like a little flame and then it would light up another one and light up another one. So I truly feel like it's, it's y'all's generous generous and loving spirits that are like lighting up the world. And, and, um, so I want to talk about that, about how you can have that abundance mindset and come from that place of generosity. Uh, cause I know you guys aren't, you don't, I don't know if this is too, uh, too personal, but like you guys don't have a huge savings account. It's not like you guys are We're millionaires, yeah, no. <laughs> but you give as if you are. So Thank you. I don't know. I think, I think for, you know, from my experience with plant medicines and how I've come to know God, there is, we live in an abundant universe. And I think that's not just a woo woo new age shit. I mean, like my experience has been, I've, I have come to grips with infinity in many, many different ways on many different experiences. And, um, you know, the old adage, the more you give, the more you receive is something mm-hmm. that I, I embody because it's, it's, I know it, it's I true. know it, there's no doubt about it. And there's always enough. And, you know, no matter how many people we feed or how many, you know, whatever the case is, like there's, we're always provided for. 
And that's something I've understood through the hardest times I'm always provided for. Even when we were in my mom's garage, I knew we were always provided for, Mm -hmm. you know, and we always were. We had something very, I I think it's happened enough too, where I've, I've really put that prayer and spoken it as if it is so and felt into that so many times and then seen that mirrored back to me. Mm -hmm. There was a time where, um, I think I'd retired from fighting and we were going to go or no, I hadn't retired yet. It was 2013. It was in between my last two fights and we were, Tosh wanted to race um, the Xterra trail racing world championships in Oahu. And we didn't have any money. That's why I was living in the fucking garage, working another job while I was in the UFC. I paid pennies and peanuts while I was working there. And um, uh, I was working. My second job was as a bouncer and a bartender at a local strip club down the street from my mom's garage. I'd walk to work and uh, worked there till three 30 in the morning. And we wanted to save up for this trip to Hawaii. And I just put it out there. We're going to Hawaii, you know, living in an abundant universe, like what's going to happen. And sure enough, my tips doubled for like three weeks Mm. until we got ready to leave. And not only do we have enough cash for the flights and everything and the Airbnb, we had, Tons of spending money while we were there. Like, there was no shortage. Mm -hmm. There was no, eh, let's eat, you know, let's go cheap tonight. Or there was none of that, Mm -hmm. you know. And that that might seem like a very small example of that. Um, And I think to be clear on this, it's not the secret. It is, you know, there are action steps, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you, 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 Dispenza teaches this. You set your intention and you surrender to the how and when that shows up. With that, there is still work necessary. You still take steps towards the goal, whatever that is, financially, work-wise, any of those things. So you have to put feet on the ground, you know, and it's one thing to speak it into existence, which is the first thing we do through the prayer. And it's another thing to actually take actively working towards that by taking steps. You know, it's something I mention on Fit for Service often is this old football quote that I love from Lou Holtz, inch by inch, life's a cinch, yard by yard, life is hard. And so if we can break something down, whatever that is, into tinier chunks and just inch our way towards it, that allows that manifestation to take place because the processing has begun. And I'm showing my effort is being given on whatever cosmic level as above, so below, I'm putting into that. And as mm-hmm. we've done that, uh, that's reverberated. You know, we had the snow apocalypse here. We had eight people stay with us. A lot of people lost their power. We didn't because we're, we're on, my children. Yeah, we're, on a, <laughs> we're on a different grid near the airport, and we had saved a bit of food and water in the event that something like that would happen. And we were comfortably able to keep everyone fed, and there was no shortage, and we had a blast. Like it was so much fun having everyone here, and there was like a really strong sense of family and tribe and community that was held with that. And we had extra, you know, like I was talking to my neighbors, like, Hey, do you guys need water? Do you guys need anything? Everyone was good too. But, um, that is a really satisfying feeling to have to know like, Hey, if, if, if shit hits the fan, we're covered and not just us, we can cover extras, you know? And, um, there's always room for that. You know, it's, there's no like, uh, well, if I held on to every penny, then we could get a bigger house. And it's like, no, I'm happy with the house that we have and I'm happy with the community, the community we have is phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know? And like, if we can show up in that way, in whatever way we can, whether that's freely giving information and wisdom to sharing actual resources like food and water, like anything in between there that gets mirrored back, that giving comes back to us yeah. full force. And 100%. to be honest, I don't know that I would feel any different if we did have a million dollars than I feel now, because I, 
we have a home, we have cars, you know, we were able to get a second car, we have food, we eat good quality food. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we travel when travel is available. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, and also having come from living in garages, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> I'm a millionaire. You know, like, <laughs> like, but like, we, I don't, I don't really need much. I actually have said, I miss living in the garage sometimes. Wow. I really loved, I mean, I made that thing <laughs> comfortable. That thing was a home. It was organized. I stayed in it. It was but great. It was simple. I slept on the floor. It was just, but <laughs> it was felt simple, good. you know? Yeah, you did. Um, it was simple though. And it was like, we, we are people who like to be out in nature more. So it's like, you have your space where you go eat and sleep. And then the rest of the time you're, you're living, you're yeah. outside, you're like gardening. Yeah, we had like an amazing garden there, you know, like, yeah. but like, in Texas, then, it may not have worked, but in California, yeah, it was no, perfect. No, definitely mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, for sure. Um, and you just open up the, you know, yeah. like <laughs> natural lighting, a whole wall <laughs> window. Um, but then, you know, even with like, and when we moved here, it was really the first time that we experienced like tribe tribe, like where it was like a group of people that were of the like mind and in like all the ways. And we were having conversations that were like, we're not the weirdo crazy, you know, like we're not bringing up things. We were like, Oh, wrong crowd. But like, (laughs) so the, the, we love having people here. We have people here all the time. Mm-hmm. Bear loves it. You would think people were never here because when someone does come over, he's wah, 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 like all over the place, bouncing off the walls. And you'd think like he'd never seen a person before, but he gets as excited as we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just helping people. It's like, it's always in my head. The moment I hear about a situation or someone needs help, I instantly feel what they're feeling and so Mm -hmm. there's a call to action there's a call to Mm -hmm. help it's not a some people have been harder house guests but for the most part every one that has come has been like amazing and and helps and then you were like man you know like when Leah came out to help when Eric was staying here Mm -hmm. after his um, neck injury and it was like I need a wife what was I doing (laughs) dating a man I need a wife and when a second woman in the house was like oh you know like the house is clean there's food and there's you know like so everyone's always taken care of and it's not all on me but um the spirit of giving like I've always been like gift giving is a Mm -hmm. huge I love giving gifts Mm -hmm. I love giving things and so helping is just and then you make it easy you're my sister you're like my best friend here and it's been a huge blessing that we moved here and you you were here Mm -hmm. and your kids were here and now our kids are growing up they're cousins and that's such an important relationship to have yeah um, especially leaving his cousins in California but I talked about that before you guys came on um how life-changing it was for me when you guys came here because you guys were reflectors of what I could have so I was unable to leave a relationship that wasn't for the highest good call in a healthy masculine after Kyle showed mm-hmm. me what it felt like to have a healthy masculine we had family here and community here you know and that there was you know I I had a connection with you guys prior but then fate or Aubrey Marcus brought you guys <laughs> here <laughs> um so there's a few short questions that I like to end every show with good quick answers yeah quick answers if you could hug your younger self right now what would you say you are worthy. Good. Enjoy life. Don't take it seriously. And, oh, the big one would be that God is not separate. God is not a thing outside of mm, you. That would you be so are, good for us. God is in you. God is you. You are love and 
the world is your oyster. It's funny when I think of that question, there's not a damn thing I could tell my younger self that he would have believed from the older self, mm-hmm. you know, but that would have been it. You're not separate from God. That's good. The, the, all, all that you seek is within you, you know, that's mm-hmm. such a powerful one, but you don't get it until you get it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're working with Bear on that one really quick. Uh, something I've been working with Bear, he, we were driving and his stomach was hurting and he was starting to cry and feel upset and carsick and um, something we've been, so because of how much I've believed in majority of my life, how God was this mm-hmm. thing outside of me and I, oh, please, please, you know, and with him, I was like, Bear, you're, this is your body that you are in control of. You are God. God is you. You are made of God. So whatever you want your body to do, you can you can ta- move energy to that place and heal yourself. You breathe, you close your eyes, you envision your body healing itself. You know, you are God. You are capable of this. If God is, if we are from God's image, you know, if you're a Christian and you believe that, well, we're from the image of God, like we are made of God. Every single mm-hmm. thing is. So you can heal yourself and then you know a little few minutes went by and he's like my stomach feels better so Mm. it's like it's really been beautiful to see that because I struggled with that like for you know into my what 27 years I struggled with that even to this day sometimes sometimes that still comes out that's beautiful if you could have the whole world read one book which would it be like right now, or <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of ones that are very applicable to what's happening in the world right now. Yeah, the heart. That's I, I oscillate on that. the The applicable ones right now are tough because they they only they only paint a picture of the darkness, and I think it's just as important to understand the light. And Paul Check actually sent me a beautiful quote that I just printed upstairs. I can't say it off the top of my head, but it was that reminder that that all is of or nothing is, and that that we. We're just here playing a game, knowing thyself. God is knowing thyself with polarity, with duality, with light and dark, good and evil, and all the other things in between. Um, I think A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle, without question, was so a book good. that changed mm-hmm. my life forever. It's the first one I read. Yeah, just, just that. And so much, so much of that that I go back to when I reread it. I've read that book over a dozen times, and every time I read it, there's gems that I pick up on. That was your answer the last time I interviewed you. Yeah, yeah. I think that might always be my answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very important book. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going to say that. Um, <laughs> Stole it. But <laughs> like, talk about the darkness. I'll see the light one. Look <laughs> at all the shit that's um, wrong right now. Well, so I'll do the parenting one because that would be the one that I would pick. But as a parent, um, I really, I soul the soul of discipline. So good is like one that I go back to and re-listen to. Oh, I need a refresher on mm-hmm. this thing because that has been, it's. It's just really beautiful way of raising your children and, and understanding children and how their minds work and how um, certain things affect them. And um, so, yeah, soul of discipline. Okay. Yeah. The last one is, if you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's actually happening. So that's yeah. really the light in all of the darkness. You've, you've probably seeing. whispered it a while back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good question. 
<laughs> and they're so. Uh, I can see yeah. Kyle's wheels spinning of everything he wants <laughs> to say. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really sit and think about like what Kyle just said a minute ago, all is of or nothing is. If that's something that you really sit with and think about, then there, it just covers all of it. All is of God. All is love or nothing is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's in every text. That's in every religion where it talks about love, you know, being God, being love. Um, so when there's that understanding that even the angry person, the violent person, the pedophiles, the people that you're just like, that's evil. That's, you know, but like it all, it's all, part. it's all a part of it. It's all of the part of the process. It's all a part of bringing awareness to our own you know, shadows and, mm-hmm. and pain and healing ultimately. Yeah. So driving, driving the evolution of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a pretty good one. All is ever. Nothing is. It's a good one to meditate <laughs> on. That's a, that's a good one to nod on for sure. Um, I think presence is the present, something that Eckhart Tolle talked, has said before. Presence is the present. Mm-hmm. It's the gift. And I think that's super important because of, um, you know, if we get caught in the past of all the events that have transpired from Abraham Lincoln to JFK to 9-11 to the, the pandemic, um, the potentials for the grid getting shut down in the next year as the World Economic Forum is running their own event 201 of that as we speak. Mm-hmm. That's past and future. The gift is here right now. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's kind of like the end of uh, the end of fro- or in Frozen 2, mm-hmm. like when you don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? What do you do? <laughs> you do the next right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever that is, wherever you are, you do the next right thing. Mm. And that's whatever, whatever you're intuiting, whatever you're called to in that moment on how you want to show up in each moment. You know, that's always done in the present and the never ending now. So I think, and this is, inf- this is something for me to digest and fully assimilate because mm-hmm. I haven't embodied this over the last year. I've been caught up in the holy shit. This is some nefarious stuff going on and holy shit. There's more plans for even more nefarious stuff going on. Mm-hmm. How do I sit with that? It's actually not a mind fuck. If I'm present, it's not mm-hmm. a mind fuck. If I do my preparations and I show up each day in the way that I know how to. And if I do that, that can give me space, space to meditate, space to actually quiet my mind and to find peace and space to be the best present or best partner and parent that I can. That's so good. Thank you. Love you. Love you. you. So, uh, as you guys probably know, Kyle has the Kyle Kingsbury podcast. Their Instagram is at living with the Kingsberries. And we didn't get to the Instagram questions, so I'll tell you what they are and maybe y'all can answer them on your Instagram. It was, if you guys are planning on having more babies, what is oh. your family's bedtime routine and how do you make time for each other after? What are you feeding Wolf and the difference in experiencing birthing bear in a hospital and Wolf at home? Those are all good questions. And then how to build tribe 
for raising your kids if you're not polyamorous? So they're really good questions. So if you guys want to answer those on your Instagram. Yeah. I'll have you send me those and I'll, I'm going to do, I have a solo cast coming up. So I'll answer those on the solo cast. Okay, perfect. I'll draw, draw them over. Those are great questions. Yeah, they are. Sorry, awesome. guys. Hey, thank, thank you, you Jade. Yeah, you, thank you guys. Love y'all. So excited. Love you. Yeah. Hmm. If you didn't already know, now you know why I love those two people so much. They are such amazing lights, such light workers, such shadow workers. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And it would mean so much to me if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on my Instagram page, Untamed and Unashamed Podcast. As always, be a light, stay open, and remember, you belong here. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.